Welcome to Lady in the Couch, a podcast about mental health and well-being, relationships, and topics specifically related to women. I am your host, Autumn Collier, a licensed psychotherapist in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's have a seat on the couch. Hello and welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us on the couch today. Today we are talking about the return, life after the pandemic. Ooh, okay, so it's been over a year since life as we knew it changed. I remember, what, March 2020? I think it ended up changing around the 15th. You know, if you have kids, for some of them, school may have stopped. Um, I remember school stopping for our oldest and, you know, thinking, okay, maybe about a week or two, let's get this coronavirus thing cleared out, and then life will return back to normal. Well, two weeks later, that hadn't happened. Two months later, that hadn't happened and so on and so on and so on. So we've been here for well over a year by now. So it was definitely a change from what we knew life to be. And, you know, with some of the changes, I think there were some changes for the better, maybe in terms of us as a society and humanity, some things that transformed. And, you know, overall still, however, it was an interesting year. And for some, there were many difficulties as well. So, you know, oddly, you know, it has been a year. Oddly, this past year, it went by pretty quickly, you know, despite every day feeling like Groundhog Day, you know, when you wake up and do the same thing, it went by somewhat quickly. You know, the days were pretty much the same, at least in my household, they were, you know, wake up and get dressed from the waist up log on to work for those who were able or even privileged enough to be able to work from home. If you have children, you know, you get them logged onto the computer for school, then you finish your work and school days and enjoy a little leisure time. Eventually you'll go to bed and do it all over again the next day. So it was kind of that same old day-to-day activity for many for many trips to the grocery store or even FaceTiming with family and friends, that helped break up the monotony and provide us some entertainment. You know, sometimes we'd all load up into the car and take a trip somewhere and really taking a trip was just riding around somewhere just to get out, just to breathe some fresh air, just to see something different in our environment and not be stuck in the house seeing the same old four walls day in, day out. So we got creative with ways to get out, which was helpful. So ultimately, we adapted. And, you know, one of the characteristics of humans that make us supreme is our ability to adapt to change. So while we adjusted to the pandemic normal, there are some trends that will continue and others that will need to be removed to ensure a quality life. So I think, you know, now that it's appearing that we are returning to more normalcy or returning to some pre-pandemic normalcy, there will not be a 100% return to life as it was pre-pandemic. And I don't think there will be a 100% continuation of life as it's been during the pandemic. So I don't think anything is on, you know, all or nothing. And this is regarding as a work, career work, and even social activities. Hopefully some things related to justice and humanity stay. We do hope that some of the work and advocacy around social justice, humanity. We do hope that some of those things stick around and continue and continue to evolve. So ideally in life, you know, we don't want to be on any end of the spectrum, you know, as it relates to 
going back 100% pre-pandemic or staying or our norms staying as they are 100%. You know, that will kind of be extreme or all or nothing. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. The effects of this pandemic, you know, on mental health are becoming more and more evident over time. You know, several surveys, including those collected by the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, have shown substantial increases in self-reported behavioral health symptoms. So I'll throw out a few stats here from the CDC and overall, you know, suggesting that during this pandemic, folks' mental health concerns have increased or become more severe. So according to one CDC report, which surveyed adults across the U.S. in late June of 2020, in late June of 2020, which was early in the pandemic, 31% of respondents reported symptoms of anxiety or depression. 13% reported having started or increased substance use. 26% reported stress-related symptoms. And 11% reported having serious thoughts of suicide in the past 30 days. So these numbers, just to put in perspective, are nearly double the rates we would have expected before the pandemic. So the symptoms or presentation folks have experienced as it relates to mental health, specifically some anxiety, depression, substance abuse, and suicidal thoughts doubled during the pandemic, as opposed to it just being a typical year with no pandemic. And that actually makes sense. You know, I'd often say with my clients or just individuals in general that whatever mental health concerns or stressors you were dealing with or facing pre-pandemic is going to increase, you know, exponentially during a pandemic. So, you know, for some, if you thought you were anxious pre-pandemic, be careful or let's be on the offense because, you know, that anxiety is likely going to exponentially increase during a pandemic. The effects of the pandemic on mental health will last well beyond the pandemic. So when this pandemic is all said and done, we're likely still, you know, individuals will still be dealing with the effects of this pandemic. And that's from many, in many ways, you know, whether you've maybe lost, you know, some individuals lost their whole immediate family as a result to death from COVID. Others lost jobs. Some will be foreclosed on, evicted. Some suffered great mental health concerns. So, you know, increased substance abuse. So many, the effects of the pandemic will last well beyond the pandemic, especially as it relates to mental health concerns. So, you know, some of the pandemic's new norms, we're going to talk about some of those new norms and we'll discuss if we want to keep these new norms, remove them or create a hybrid of the new norm. All right. So I'm going to list a few new norms and then we'll talk about, you know, is it a keeper? Do we remove it or create a hybrid? So the first one we're going to look at, working from home. And I know this has been a fan favorite to many. So many people were given the opportunity, privilege to work from home during this pandemic. And, you know, I think overall, it's a great thing that technology allows us to be able to work from home. You know, I was talking with some folks, had this been 30 years ago when, you know, a pandemic happened and the world kind of shut down, I don't know how career-wise folks would have functioned. I'm not sure. It seems like it would have been very all or nothing. Either you're not working or you're getting up and going to an office. So evolution is a beautiful thing. Technology is a beautiful thing. So very fortunate that the time we're in to where working from home is an option. You know, there are many benefits that come with working from home or remotely, including convenience, little to no commute, and the flexibility. So various studies have also shown that productivity is not affected and actually increases with working from home. So I know that's always a, a topic 
of discussion. You know, are you more productive working from home or, you know, are people being lazy working from home? Well, you know, studies have shown, and this is multiple studies have shown that productivity is not affected and it actually increases with working from home. However, just to balance things out, I don't think anything is all or nothing. The one concern as it relates just to our mental well-being with working from home is that working from home is very isolating. It is nice to be able to chat with coworkers. It's nice to have camaraderie amongst your colleagues and receive hands-on support with actually going into an office and being there face-to-face. So, you know, it appears the biggest disadvantage of working remotely is not being able to form co-working relationships and even feeling disconnected. And these things can affect job satisfaction. Another unhelpful attribute of working remotely is not having a clear indicator to stop working, which could lead to overworking. So, you know, because your workplace is also your living space, there is no clear delineation of work and home. So with that, sometimes, you know, you find yourself just working throughout the day while you're awake because there's also that, you know, well, I'm working from home so I can do it anytime. Well, I could do it at 8 p.m. tonight because I can, you know, I'll be home. What else am I going to be doing? So you may find yourself, if you're working in front of the TV, you may be sitting there working for 10 hours. So just this idea of overworking or not knowing when to cut it off. Now, of course, and I'm talking about some of the disadvantages of working from home. And, you know, we all know some of the other advantages, less commute time. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're spending two hours of your day in a car, that within itself can be draining and frustrating. So whereas you could just really get up, start the day and have that time to actually be refreshed and start working and get the work done. So there are definitely advantages and disadvantages. And the disadvantages are more so from feeling isolated and not being able to maybe formed bonds with coworkers or feel the support. So what's the verdict? Do we keep working from home or do we remove it? Well, the verdict is maybe a hybrid. So let's look at a hybrid. Is it possible to infuse both? Is it possible to you know, have in office days and also the option of working from home? If hybrid were not an option, then I would have to say maybe remove it. Working 100% remotely, I don't think that is ideal for the long haul. So I definitely would say maybe a hybrid, if you could do both, or even just present folks with the option of a hybrid that they could take advantage of, even if it's just coming in the office once a week. Just removing or trying to eliminate feeling or being isolated could be helpful. The next one, being sedentary. So... (laughs) I have heard many stories about people packing on the pandemic 40, 40 pounds, that is. And you can remove that 40 and put whatever number you want there. But many folks have said, ooh, I've gained weight during this pandemic. And easily, you know, it's not that hard to do. It's actually really easy to gain weight, especially during a pandemic. You know, with things shut down, such as gyms or even parks, it made it that much easier to not have to work out. And, you know, add on top of it, the idea of comfort food, not much was very comforting during the pandemic. So, you know, some of us, we turn to food or we want or we crave that comfort food or, you know, even just being in the house all day, you kind of just snack. So sure, we get it. It is very easy to pack on the pandemic 40. Working from home and being shut in from activities, you know, it created a habit of sitting all day and only moving 10 feet at a time maybe a couple of times a day during the workday. So you might go from your office chair to the bathroom, office chair to the refrigerator, and so forth. So you're not getting much movement in throughout a day. 
Some of the social activities and outings we normally do were unable to happen, such as walking around a mall or a shopping center, going dancing with friends at a club or lounge, or playing recreational team sports. You know, we weren't able to do these things. Also, you know, the walk from the parking lot at your job to the building door counted as movement, and it was not able to happen. So the pandemic also removed natural opportunities for movement we would normally get. So it makes perfect sense how we've become sedentary. And is it something that we want to continue post-pandemic? So what's the verdict? And this is absolutely a no-brainer. Remove it. Remove being sedentary. Our physical and mental health needs exercise and movement. It is most healthy to have an active lifestyle for overall health and well-being. You know, exercise can be a mood lifter as well and an effective way to relieve stress and improve sleep. So if you have not returned to exercise and getting daily movement, this is your nudge, your gentle nudge to do so. Your body and your mind will thank you kindly. So let's get up and get some movement. The next norm, isolating from others. Okay, sure. We had to isolate during the pandemic. You know, isolating was needed during the pandemic due to COVID. And it is definitely not meant to be long term. So we can go ahead and give the verdict now. We're going to remove it. Isolating from others is not a behavior we want to continue post-pandemic. The effects of isolating include loneliness, sadness, and feeling disconnected from others. Humans need and crave companionship and connection. And isolating creates the exact opposite. So once you deem it safe, connect with family and friends and embrace hugs and human touch. If you find that you have no desire to connect with others and you actually do not connect with others, and especially if this is opposite of you pre-pandemic, then seeking support could be really helpful for you. Again, we want to remove isolating from others. And I encourage everyone, once they deem it safe, to connect with others and embrace human touch again. All right, the next pandemic norm, seeking therapy. So my colleagues and I have seen an influx of clients during the pandemic, and this could be interpreted a couple of ways. It is great that people are attending to their mental health and emotional health and reached out for help. That is amazing, and we applaud that. Also, this shows how difficult the pandemic has been for people and has negatively affected their well-being. And another thought to consider about the influx of folks seeking therapy is that many of the individuals seeking therapy possibly needed therapy prior to the pandemic. However, the pandemic made their existing pain and symptoms feel unbearable. What's interesting is that when the pandemic first hit, you know, even just discussing with my colleagues and the trends in terms of folks seeking therapy, I think there was this trend of, you know, when March 15th hit, there was this kind of stop of referrals or clients seeking therapy. And I think many folks had the mentality that many of us had, oh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait for therapy because this will be over in a couple of weeks. And then, you know, I'll be able to go in person to see a therapist. That maybe was the thought behind it. And then that didn't happen. So two weeks later, we're still in the pandemic. Then I would say after about a month, around April 15th, there was this huge influx. So maybe the idea of, well, This thing is lasting longer than I expected. So let me go on ahead and get some therapy. And yeah, I'll just have to do it via telehealth because that is an option. Unfortunately, in our profession, we're we're really, really fortunate that providing telehealth was an option 
and that we're still able to service individuals and just do the work we love via telehealth. So that is definitely something, you know, we feel fortunate about. So yeah, I definitely think that happened. So after about a month in, you know, folks were thinking, all right, this thing isn't ending anytime soon. Let me go ahead and proceed forward with seeking counseling. And I'm so glad individuals did. Folks seeking counseling has, I don't know the exact number, but I can tell you it exponentially increased. And that is, you know, across, I would say across the country. So, you know, whatever mental and emotional challenges an individual was facing pre-pandemic, you know, as I stated before, these challenges were heightened by the pandemic. So what's the verdict in terms of seeking therapy? And I'm sure you guys know what I'm going to say here. Keep it. Absolutely keep it. Continue seeking therapy as needed. Again, I applaud folks who sought therapy during the pandemic. I also, you know, applaud the idea or the shift we're seeing to normalize therapy for others or to normalize therapy in general. So let the pandemic also serve as a parable to not wait to get treatment. You know, life does not have to feel like rock bottom before getting help. And the last pandemic norm we're going to look at is showing grace and compassion. So if you've been on a Zoom call and had a child pop up, it is a humorous reminder that we are human and we have lives outside of work. And the person with the kid, you know, if if you're on a Zoom call and your kid kind of pops up in the screen, well, if it's your kid, then you're mortified. You're mortified and you're apologetic, but everyone else is laughing and telling you, you know, relax, it's okay, no big deal, they're so cute. And sometimes even a quick conversation about the child ensues and there's an opportunity to connect with a colleague. You know, whether it's, well, how old is your child? Or, or let me tell you about mine, or let me tell you what mine did the other day. Or, you know, so it allows time for connection in that moment. Working from home removes the sterility of a work environment, especially when kids are home as well. You know, when your kids are home doing homeschool, especially when your kids are doing school from home as well, or working at home during the pandemic, we were encouraged to tend to a whiny toddler. We're forgiven for our poor internet connection and even given grace and compassion when we were just too emotionally drained to show up. So there was a lot of grace and compassion thrown around during this pandemic. You know, I even recall someone saying to me one time, I was on a returning a few phone calls and I had my youngest in my arms or maybe, or one of them, one of my kids wanting my attention. And I kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And the individual said, hey, stop saying you're sorry. There's no reason to say you're sorry for being a mom while working. You're fine. And I I just said, thank you so much for that grace. Thank you so much. So that type of grace was being thrown around. And it actually puts a lot in perspective. You know, why apologize for being a parent? Why apologize that, you know, my toddler's being a toddler? So that was much appreciated. So showing grace and compassion as a new norm during the pandemic. The verdict, we definitely want to keep it. Let's see if we can keep it. Showing grace and compassion towards one another is definitely a keeper. All right, well, there we have it. A few pandemic norms and whether we need to carry them into post-pandemic life. You know, of course, this is not an exhaustive list of norms. There are many, many more, many, many more keepers and more things to remove and more things to create a hybrid around. 
If there are any more that you can think of, we'd love to hear about it. So let us know. You can either send us an email at hello at ladyinthecouch.com or you can let us know on our social media pages at ladyinthecouch.com on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts about some of the norms, some of the norms you've created for yourself during the pandemic. Also, you know, if you need support, we encourage you to seek a licensed therapist that can help as we know that the pandemic has been difficult for many. So if you are out there and you are seeking therapy, you can visit our website, ladyinthecouch.com. And there are links on there under resources to show you where you can find some help if you are seeking therapy. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Lady and the Couch. Feel free to share this episode with your friends on all of your social media platforms. If you are in the Atlanta area and seeking therapy, visit ladyandthecouch.com to learn more. Like what you heard? Feel free to give us a five-star review where you listen to podcasts. The content in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. It is for informational purposes only.